Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am the host of the show and really fired up to be bringing you today's guest. You know, no pun intended here, but that's the name of her book, Fired Up. So as you can imagine, if you have listened to this podcast at all, this is somebody that I am eagerly looking forward to chatting with. We have lots in common, not only both being experts in stress and stress reduction and the impact on stress, but really what it takes to get fired up, not just about your job, but about your life and whatever it is that you're doing. So even though her and I have only spent a couple of minutes pre-chatting, if you will, just from me reading her background and everything she's doing out in the world, I know that we're kindred spirits. And I'm super excited to bring her and her energy to this show today. A little bit about her background before we do a deep dive and find out even more about the exciting work that she's doing. Her name is Snowden McFall. She's the author of two books, including Fired Up, as I just said, and co-author of two books, Exceptional Accomplishment and Wholehearted Success. Her fifth book is called Stress Express, 15 Instant Stress Relievers. She's got a lot going on in her life right now as well. And we were kind of joking around saying, you know, it's nice when we're an expert in a certain field and then life shows up in a certain way to test just how good we are. So like I said, she's kind of got a lot going on as well. Lots of balls in the air. Thrilled to have her here. Fired up to have her here. So Snowden, what did I leave out of this that you would like to share with the audience about your personal life before we jump into the interview? Well, you mentioned it's a time of lots of excitement and change. I know you're the game changer. And uh, I, we are right now in the midst of perhaps moving across the country. And my husband is changing jobs. So it's a very exciting time. Lots of things happening. Lots of balls in the air all at once. And I'm really excited about that. And actually, I actually have six books out now. My publishers um, had me redraft one of my other books and turn it into a sixth book. And I'm working on my seventh, which is on productivity. Well, you certainly should be speaking on productivity if you've gotten that much going on. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive right there. And uh, excited because she's uh, thinking that she's going to move from Florida to California. So I said, look, we're going to be neighbors. So she'll already have a friend in the neighborhood. So that is, uh, that's very cool for me as well, considering I just moved here from the Bay Area. So, so awesome. I'm, yeah, so fired up for that and excited to uh, talk to somebody who really, truly does embrace change rather than fight it because there's no reason to do that. It just creates more stress over the inevitable anyway. So like I said, really excited to be chatting about this. So Snowden, let's go back. Let's just go way back to, you know, junior high and high school and your time in college and you're a Brown University graduate. All of these things, at what point in time did you think, you know what, I, I really would like to help educate people or inspire people to live a more fired up life, to educate people on the impact of stress? I mean, was this something that you saw coming a long time ago or was there things that happened along your path? path that led you to where you are right now? No question. Lots of things happened along my path, Michelle. I, first of all, grew up in a violent alcoholic family. So like many children of alcoholics, had low self-esteem and allowed myself to be manipulated in bad relationships from quite a young age. And I really 
was grateful and blessed to have some wonderful teachers who became my mentors, who encouraged me and who encouraged my natural enthusiasm and helped me to overcome my background. And I had always known that I was going to be a writer. I had always known that I was going to be a teacher. I had known that since I was quite young. I had kept journals all my life, still do keep a journal. I love journaling. And I had always known I wanted to teach and help people because I enjoyed that so much in my life. I had learned so much from other people and I'm a natural sharer, you know? <laughs> you know, when they teach little kids how to share, I was already doing that. I love to share, I love to share what I learned. I love to help people go to the next level and to do what they love. And so I've always known that I was going to do that. It's taken a lot of different forms through the years because I was a school teacher and then I went into business owning my own ad agency and training company and now really professional speaker and author. So it's evolved, but I've always known that I was going to do something to help people because that's my passion. So there's a few things that you've already mentioned that I want to touch on. And it's one that uh, for some reason, as you were talking, doesn't come up very often. And I, I probably need to start bringing it up more with people that I'm chatting with. And that's the concept of journaling. Mm. So uh, talk to me about that, about why you ever started, why you still keep it up and why you think this is such a valuable tool. You know, I'm a big believer that we have a very rich inner life as well as our outer world. Uh, I meditate daily. I'm a very spiritual person. And I feel like journaling is a great way to get some of that inner life out on paper. And it's also a great way to reflect on what's going on in your world and in your life. There were a lot of times when I didn't understand what was happening to me and why it was happening to me as a child. You know, as a child, you think your parents are there to protect you. And when they end up being the opposite of that, it's uh, very befuddling to a child. So writing was always my outlet. And, and I still journal today. Now I do it a little bit differently. I took a course in my 20s after I had been in a lousy relationship, yet another lousy relationship, you know, kind of a spinoff from my childhood. And the course was called Technologies for Creating DMA by Robert Fritz. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. Okay. So he wrote a book called um, The Path of Least Resistance, brilliant man who taught at Berkeley School of Music, taught college level kids how to write symphonies in a couple weeks, which is normally a two year process. And one of the things he had you do is write down 10 successes you had every day. And a success could be on any level, not just, you know, land a million dollar account, but made the bed. Anything your consciousness follows through on that you've set an intention to do is a success. So today, I've been doing this now for 20 years. So today, I write down at least 10 successes I've had that day. So that includes every phone call, every email, every meeting, every project that I'm working on, everything that I write. And then I also write down three things that I'm grateful for because the research on happiness is that that dramatically improves your happiness is to focus on new gratitude daily. And I do it because it's a way for me to keep track of my life. I'm really busy like you are. I have a lot going on with two businesses and traveling and writing and I need to give myself credit for what I get done. The little kid inside needs acknowledgement for what I get done and I feel more effective and successful and confident as a result of that. 
So that's what I was just going to ask. It's fascinating that you just ended there because I certainly believe and am an advocate of gratitude journaling and starting and ending your day with gratitude, no doubt about it. But this thing about writing down your accomplishments, and you just, I think, summarized it, but to go a little deeper on that and expand, because I really haven't ever heard of journaling to this degree or in this aspect. So is this to start training your mind to focus more on what you have done than beating yourself up over the things that you haven't gotten done? Because I know we're much harder on ourselves than what anybody external of us typically is ever going to be. So is that really the rewiring process is, hey, look at how far I've come versus, you know, look what I still have not done yet. Is that the kind of the premise behind that? I think that's, I, I definitely think that's a sub agenda and it's definitely a benefit. And I couldn't agree with you more. I know I am harshest on myself. And I think women in particular beat up on themselves. I was keynoting a women's conference last week and talked about that, that we are so hard on ourselves. I started by talking about how, how magnificent all of us are. And then I said, how many of you just discounted that in your head? Because we all do that. So, <laughs> so right. um, it definitely does help to change the inner wiring. No question. Fascinating. All right. Well, I'm going to start uh, looking into that myself. So I, I think it's uh, I think that's a great idea, and you know potentially would absolutely start to help rewire that. You know, what are you looking for? And it's much better to look for what we've done than what we haven't. So uh, note to self on that one. Mm. So as we're going to split, I want to sp I want to spend time talking about two different topics, and they certainly are interrelated. But the first one is you know, fired up in your mission in life about really taking people who are uninspired, going through the motions, which is its own level of stress, which we're going to get to secondarily. But, but American workers who are disengaged, and I don't want to just focus on career or work, but really on the whole of life, of people that are just going through the motions, right? It's the difference of um, existing versus thriving. And right. so in your keynotes, in working with people in the workshops that you do, one, if you could just speak to why you believe from what you've seen people wind up there, and then a couple of the key things that you do or say or how you work with people to help get them out of that into a life they truly are fired up for. You know, I think there's a number of things with, with you know, over 70% of the population actively disengage. Workers are so unhappy. And I work with a lot of CEOs and corporations to help bring about greater engagement. I, you know, I think it's happened for a number of reasons. After various different economic downturns and recessions, so many companies have laid off people and then employees are doing the work of two to three people. And when times get better, the companies don't hire more people. So you have significant burnout. And I think that that has what has more than anything impacted the American workforce. And it costs America $300 billion a year and lost uh, absenteeism, productivity, sickness, illness, all that sort of thing. So it's a really destructive force. And and I don't think anybody would, you know, I, I would never say that a corporation would ever want to have this be the case that, that it is, or even a small business. They don't want to have this be the case. It just turns out that way. So I think that that's the net result. I think that's how it came about. And I think we all work harder thinking that will be better when the actual research is that when you work shorter hours, you're happier, you're healthier. When you have a more balanced life, you're more effective in the workplace. So that's the first part of it. And then getting back to living a life that's meaningful and fired up, 
I really believe that there are a number of ways to take employees in any given work environment and help them be more effective, more successful. And part of that is by letting them have autonomy over their work, letting them decide how they want to get the job done, letting them have authority and control. You know, control is the thing that we all want. And uh, so I think that that's part of it. And I think another key to it is letting them work in their sweet spot. So often so many employees are hired for a specific job set and yet often they have a whole nother skill set that the boss doesn't even know about. So I always encourage the CEOs that I work with and the senior level managers to ask their people, what skill or talent do you have that is not currently being used in your job and how can we apply it? Uh, I recently worked with a company where they're undergoing a new ERP installation and they were trying to figure out how they were going to handle it. Well, one of the women on their leadership team piped up and said, well, I ran one at my other company. Would that be of use? But they didn't even know that about her. So I think that we need to find out more about our people and engage them in the areas that they get more excited about. And there's a lot of different things in the workplace that we can do to fire up our employees and keep them happier from the way from nap rooms to the environment to participation, to autonomy. There's just hundreds of different ways to do that. You know, and you bring up something very interesting, a couple of things that I think where things go off the rails. One is I think typically, you know, middle management, HR, they're looking at whether or not the person should even be on the bus, right? Should this person even be in this company? But once they're, once you're hired and you're on board and some time has gone by, to your point, very little is ever done to go back and revisit, are you seated at the right seat on the bus, right? Just because you work here doesn't mean that are we use, utilizing you to the fullest potential. So I love that this is a focus of what you're speaking to. The other half of this is, and I think corporate America shifted, uh, thankfully, a little bit away from this, but that's that we're not spending time trying to fine tune and fix and work on our weaknesses. Rather, let's spend our time on things we're great at, utilize those to our fullest, and become even better. So right. are you seeing that in the workplace, that, that this is much more of a focus? Yeah, and it's one of the things that I teach. So you and I are completely in sync. I always teach about focusing on your strengths rather than on your weaknesses, and that's really a major piece now. And, and people are starting to pay attention to that. They're also starting to pay attention more to personality types and, and to really tap into what's going to be most effective for people, no question. I am definitely seeing it. And it's nice. It's great to see that people are wanting to maximize and, and improve the workplace by doing that. Right. Yeah. I, I tell you, if one more person were to waste their time thinking they should send me to an Excel spreadsheet class, uh, it really, <laughs> it's a monumental waste of a lot of money and anybody's time who is stuck uh, in that class with me. So That's right. uh, yes, I agree. So let's talk about stress. Now, from my perspective, and you know, I was in private practice as a biofeedback therapist for you know a decade, which subheading is stress reduction therapist, which to go on record, if you haven't heard me reference this a uh, hundred times, I, I certainly I'm not somebody who's going to reduce your stress. In fact, it's my mission to create so much stress in your life to get you to change things up because the reality is from my perspective, being in a life that you do not like, a job that you hate, a relationship that isn't serving you, an environment that is toxic, that is so stressful to the whole of you that you know, anything else to even focus on in life, your nutrition or whatever else just makes no sense to me. If you truly are in the middle of a life, like I said, that that's intolerable or completely toxic. So from that perspective, when we're talking about stress, 
most people, I think, think about it just in burning uh, the candle at both ends, right? Busy from the minute they wake up until the second their head hits the pillow. And I don't look at stress of just being busy or just chaos. I look at stress from our conversation that we're having right now in having a life that you, that you not only don't love, but you don't even like. Right. And so from your perspective, how do you see that showing up when you're working with stress and people? No, I think it's probably the greatest source of stress. You, as you said it, I have worked, I do a lot of private coaching and some of my executive coaching clients have what I call, and you know, you've heard it, everybody has golden handcuffs where they're very well paid doing a job that they hate and trying to get them to extricate themselves from a job that they hate. I had one woman that I worked with for, it took a year and a half for her, she didn't have any personal life other than a husband whom she never saw. She didn't have any spiritual life. She didn't have any friends. All she did was work. She worked from like 7 a.m. till 7 or 8 at night and Saturdays. And so I worked with her first to establish, she wouldn't leave. So that was obviously the first place that I wanted to go, but she wouldn't leave. So I worked with her first to establish getting friends, getting uh, some kind of meaning, sense of purpose in her life, and spending more time with her husband, cutting her hours, and she did all that. But, you know, her body started to react after a year, and she had all these physical ailments. And I kept telling her, this is your body telling you to get the heck out of Dodge. And finally, the last time that this happened, she had a rash all over her body. And I said, look it. Let's do the exit strategy. Let's plan it out right now so that you can see the end because otherwise your body is just going to make you very ill. So we mapped out everything and what she wanted when she left, how much severance, how much they owed her, how much money she already had in the bank. She had plenty of money in the bank. And what she wanted to do afterwards, we mapped out the whole exit strategy. Do you know, Michelle, she called me that afternoon. She said, Snowden, guess what? And I said, what? She said, I got fired today. And that's how she said it. She was so filled with enthusiasm because we had mapped out the exit strategy and she knew where she was going and she was going for her dreams. And so she went from being very unhappy, making a lot of money to doing work she really finds fulfilling that's balanced with a life that she's happy in. She's doing the things she loves to do. She has friends. She has a church life. She does whatever is meaningful and fun for her, and her life is changing dramatically. And I keep getting emails from her and LinkedIn notices saying, I'm doing so great. You changed my life. I didn't change it. She changed it. I love it. And so when you're working with people, is that a typical first step for you is just redefining what success even means? Because I think that's where people yeah. get lost. Absolutely. And what is most, you know, in my Fired Up book, the first four chapters are dedicated to self-exploration where people determine what brings them the greatest joy, what is most satisfying and meaningful to them. It's really a values assessment as well as a, a dreams assessment of what's important. Because some people will say to me, well, I don't know what my dream is. Well, that's what this book helps you figure out. And then it shows you how to do a step-by-step -step action plan with real life stories of people who've done it. So yes, that's very much a part of what I do. Yep. Perfect. Well, you know, like I said, we are in complete alignment. I, I found that the people who truly are the least fulfilled will write out what means the most to them. And when you ask how much time during your week are you spend doing those things, and the answer is none, well, okay, it's not hard math to wonder why your life feels so unfulfilling, right? So yeah, I, 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 I love this conversation. Now, getting back to um, dealing with stress and how, how you specifically work with people, 
I also could not agree more with the concept that for you to lower your level of stress and, and your, your body will follow your mind, right? Absolutely. So if you are dealing with anything from rashes to, you know, autoimmune diseases to, you know, migraine headaches, whatever it is, the problems all don't have to be fixed in order to start to heal that. But what there does need to happen is some kind of plan that your psyche knows we are working on getting out of this. And that once that's in place of, I actually have a plan to better my life, and every day you're moving an inch closer to that, that things start to change. And I think where people get lost is, everything has gotta be perfect before their, their health will improve. And I've not found that to be the case at all. Right, and I also think there is no such thing as perfect. Yep. I love the phrase, done is better than perfect because people just need to do. They just need to take action and get moving. Done is better than perfect. And let me tell you, I know all about this body thing. I mean, I'm excited about our possible move, but everything in my life feels like it's on a blanket and it's been thrown up in the air. I just came back from getting a massage in chiropractic because I've had incredible pain in my back and in my neck and my hip. So that's all clearly stress being demonstrated, but I went and got help and took action on it. I meditated for an hour this morning. So using all these tools and techniques that work, but absolutely stress shows up in the body. Yep. And, and you're exactly right on how much people ignore and think that, oh, I must have slept wrong, not yep. saying what's going on in my life right now that would be causing what I'm currently physically feeling. Right. There's a great book out, came out many years ago, probably 20 years ago called Your Body Believes Every Word You Say. Mm -hmm. And so you got to be very careful about what you say because your body will believe it and internalize it and manifest it. Exactly. So, okay, let's, let's bring all this full, full circle. So someone's listening right now and they are sitting in a job where they are underutilized. In fact, they're doing a job that's not even their skill set, right? It would, it would be like me being the data input person, which could not be farther from what I ever should be doing for anybody. So let's say someone's listening, they're doing a job where they know they're not being utilized the way they should. What is your first step to helping them figure out whether or not they should even stay and find a different uh, maybe department to work in or saying maybe you need to cut bait and, and just go a whole different path? So how do you help people figure out what a, what a first step is in getting out of their misery? Well, one of the first things I have them do is make a list of the things they have in their life that they don't want, like debt, a broken down car, a boring job, a bad boss, uh, a destructive relationship, those kinds of things. And then I ask them to write on the right-hand side of the page what they do want in place of it. It's often the opposite. So instead of debt, it might be abundance and a healthy bank account. Uh, instead of a broken down car, a reliable, trustworthy car. Instead of a boring job, it might be a job that you know uses my talents and skills where I'm stimulated. And then you cross off the ones that you don't want and you start figuring out, we start crafting together, how do we get the what you do want list? Because I think what happens is everybody can tell you what they don't want, but very few people really know what they do want. And so that clarity about what you do want and also clarity about what brings you joy, what aligns with your values, mission and purpose inside and what is most meaningful to you, all of those things coalesce to create 
the information you need to move forward for an action plan. Okay, so someone's listening and they're thinking, all right, this is what I need. I, I need to find a way to work with her, get more of Snowden, figure out what my, what my path and plan is. How does somebody find you? And tell me everything, well, tell the audience, everything that you are doing in, you know, outside of the books that you currently have available, but all the different things you're currently doing, ways that they can access you, and then the best way to, like I said, learn more about how to connect with you. Great. Okay. So the easiest thing, and I'll repeat this, uh, is my website, firedupnow.com, F-I-R-E-D-U-P-N-O-W.com, firedupnow.com. That's where you can reach me, and orders at firedupnow.com is an email where you can reach me easily. I am a professional speaker, so I do keynote speaking at all different kinds of conventions, association meetings, women's conferences, events. I'm a corporate trainer who does custom corporate training and custom keynote speeches for corporations, for businesses, for small businesses. I just did one in Fort Lauderdale a month ago, and the client says they've already increased their sales by $25,000 this month. So I'm so excited for them. Uh, and I also do executive coaching one-to-one. And that is, of course, very custom to what the needs of the person are. So, And then I have my books and tapes and audios and everything that's found on the firedupnow.com website. Excellent. Thank you. And all of this will be in show notes. So if you're driving and not in a place that you can write that down, you can jump on the website and all of these will have links to everything that Snowden just mentioned. So as we are wrapping this up, and I know you've got to get back to California house hunting here. Uh, (laughs) So I really do look forward to you being my neighbor. So you need to give me a shout when you get here. Sure, I will do. Fantastic. But as we wrap this up, final two questions that I do ask every guest on this show. One is, if someone is listening and they resonate with what you're saying and they really do want to make a change in their life to going from just existing to thriving, what is the single best piece of advice you would give that person right now? I truly believe that every single human being has unique, innate gifts. And that the world will be a poorer place if you do not share those gifts with the world. So I believe that you need to go for your dreams, do what you love, forgive the past because forgiveness is a key to your healing and your expansion. Be grateful for the blessings in your lives and believe in yourself and ask for help. All of those things will help get you to where you want to go. And you may want to just hit the rewind button on that and listen to that statement a couple more times. Fantastic. Final question for you, my dear. Out of your entire journey in life, everything that you've gone through that has brought you to this exact moment, what is one thing that you absolutely believe to be true? How you treat others says volumes about yourself. Always treat other people well. You have no idea what they're going through, even when they're being horrible to other people. Having empathy makes a huge difference. And faith in something higher than yourself will get you through a lot of things. On that note... I really do appreciate your time, especially during a time that is, like I said, many plates spinning in the air right now. So I know this was a lot for you to make time to do this here with me today. So truly thank you, Snowden, so much for your time. And I look forward to connecting with you once you get here. 
Okay, Michelle, thanks so much. You stay fired up, okay? Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.